You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. We're going to talk about how to have healthy relationships. You and I will rise or fall based on our ability on how we have relationships. You actually can't do great things alone. You know that. Like you're not going to do great things by yourself. If you think you are, you won't mount to much. Because anyone has, has impacted this, this society, impacted history with, with um, a message or with a purpose, with a cause, they had to do it with people. You don't do it by yourself. So we have to work together, learn how to partner. I was saying that the word relationship, it, it actually was coined a couple of hundred years ago. In the Bible, you look up the word relationship, it doesn't come up, you know, like you do a strong concordance. But the word kononia is a Greek word for fellowship or part. Well, we, we've translated it as fellowship, but it also means partnership. So it's partnership with God. We have the fellowship, fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. So it goes deeper than just to relate. We, we're in partnership with life. We're in partnership with our relationships. Not just, oh yeah, I relate to someone, but how deep is your relationships? You know, we, we need to know how to work with one another, connect with one another. I, I really do believe that uh, relation, you can, good relationships will multiply your joy or it can halve your sorrows when you go through hard times. Because people help you carry the weight of the pain and so, so on. If, if you have a great breakthrough in life and you've got no friends to ring up and celebrate, to chuck a party, no one's going to come over and celebrate, you're not going to really enjoy life much. But when you've got close friends, why is the anticipation when you go out and you're about to go out to a social night? And you, it's an anticipation of having fun. Why? You're about to connect with people you love, people that you connect with, people that you laugh with, people that you do life with, people that, that, you, that you know that they're committed to you regardless of what happens. That's real godly relationship. To me, when I think of relationship, I think of covenant. When I, you know, like a covenant between a, in, a, in a family, when someone has a disagreement or a fight, no one gets up. I'm getting up. I'm going to find another family. I'm going down the road, find some other family that accepts me. We don't do that to our own immediate family. We shouldn't do it to our church family. We work through stuff. We work through it, and we get better for it when we, when we have this attitude. Sometimes our surface relationships are so surface that we go for little things, we get a little offended, a little hurt, and we're out of here because we don't value relationships. So my first point, we're going to dive into the points. My first point is your value of relationships. How do you value relationships? Do you put it on a high scale or is it on a low scale in your, in your priorities? How much effort, how much work you put into your relationships? If you go, oh, it's not worth I, don't, I couldn't be bothered working through that relationship. I couldn't be bothered putting into the work, putting the work into making that relationship healthy. That means we don't value relationships when we have that attitude with our relationships. But we need to value relationships the way God does. I really believe um, if you are at the end of your life and someone asks you a question on your deathbed, you're about to pass on, what, what would you do different if you had the opportunity to? Most people would not say, I wish I worked harder. I wish I spent more hours at the office and just made extra money. I don't believe that's going to be the forefront of people's hearts or, you know, or their regret. Their regret will be, I, I should have spent more time with the loved ones when I had the opportunity. Spend more time with my children. Invested in them. Spend time with them. You know? If we don't spend time with them and sow into them, I believe when, they, when you grow up old and become old that you, you won't reap that because you've never spent quality time. We need to sow quality time. And this morning, we, we, we sort of tried to show the reality of, um, when I think of healthy relationships, I think of our identity, how we see ourselves is very important. 
your security. Are you a secure person or insecure person? An insecure person is always trying to get love and acceptance and, and praises off people. They're always trying to get attention off people. They're, they're looking for love. They're looking for that acceptance. Because they don't have it, they're looking for it. They're insecure, so they're trying to get security and love and acceptance from others. They don't have love, so they're trying to get love. And my best example that I can think of is these sponges here. And there's a, a sad sponge and a happy sponge. I don't know if you can see their faces from where you are, but we're like this. Our spirit's like a sponge. If you've got a relationship with God and you go to God and you spend time with God, is your source. He's the source of your life. Bible says from God's throne, from His very being, flows a river from Him, from His being. We spend time with Him. We go into the river of life. Even Jesus says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Not a little trickle, but rivers of living water. So you have heat. When you're a sponge soaked with God's presence, move your mobiles out of the way. You've you got so much, so much water to pour out to people. You just can, I'll just take care of Zeke there. Pick on my son. You, I've got, I've got love, and when I run out, I go, I go get more water. I spend time with God. Do it, do it. Yay! Wake up, you're not going to fall asleep. You, you've got more, but you know, when, you're, when you're a sponge that's got no water, you're looking for life and water from others. You're looking for love, look for acceptance. You, you, your relationships are based are completely different. The way you do relationships is different. Because you're looking all the time for love. Like we're sponging off people rather than having the source from God. And then you've got the love to give. You've got the security to give. You've got the encouragement to give. You've got the presence of God to give to others. Not looking for it. And I'm really encouraging every one of us. You only get that from your relationship with God. That's to me is identity. Knowing, you're, who you're, knowing who you are. Knowing that you're a son or a daughter of God. God's your father. How many times have I gone to God and said, God, I need your love. And he fills me with his love. And then because he fills me, I've got love to give to others. So Proverbs chapter 4 says, Above all things, guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. The issues in your relationships come from your heart. Okay, someone else hasn't got the guts to tell you. I want to tell you straight. It really does. I know we want to blame everybody else. And it's like, we like to make excuses and everything. But even when someone's harsh and maybe negative or, or not loving or abusive, you can make the right decisions to respond the right way. So I'm not talking about where someone is just very, very unhelpful, abusive. I'm not talking about like they can close you off. You, you, it's not your fault that they've closed you off. But you shouldn't be the one that closes people off. And if they shut the door on you, that's their choice. Like you can't help that. You can pray for them. And I'm not saying, you know, also when you, when you do go through relationship issues, if someone constantly hurts you and you give them your heart and they grab and stab it all the time, you're not going to say, yeah, here's my heart, can you stab it up a bit more? And like, we're not, we're not going to do that on purpose. We'll be wise on how we trust people. You'll be wise on how you give your heart. But you still got to give your heart. So too many of us have been hurt. We've been broken. Our hearts have been broken. And we've hurt so much. Oh, I'm just not going to love it again. I'm not going to trust again. I'm not going to trust people again. I'm not going to risk it with my heart. I'm just going to keep my heart right here where it's safe and I'm going to protect myself and I want to make sure nobody gets into my wall. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. Who's in prison? I'm in prison. I'm just, I want, don't get too close because my heart, I got hurt so many times before. So that's what I'm talking about. Your heart has been broken. We've all been broken. I'm sure if you've lived long enough, you've, you've had your heart broken. And so you've got to go to God and say, God, heal my heart. 
God, fill me up again. God, I've got a, f- a few things in my heart that need to be tended with. He opened up to him and he pours healing. Maybe there's a bit of hurt, unforgiveness. God, I just got to forg- help me to forgive that person. And you forgive that person so you can just move on in your relationships. He can love again. So your heart, when, when it talks about above all things, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. That word issues literally means boundaries. The boundary lines come from your heart. The boundary lines, the limitations that we put on ourselves actually come from our own heart. Have you ever thought about that? You have a healthy heart, you have amazing, your boundary lines will just keep growing and growing and growing. You won't put a ceiling on yourself, a limitation on yourself because of your unbelief or hurt or pain. I really believe that. Out of your heart flow the boundaries of life. So you've got to make sure your heart's healthy so that we can have healthy relationships. You're responsible to take care of your heart. How do you guard your heart? You guard what goes in and you guard what goes out. Both, both ways. Not just what goes in, because what goes in is what you feed on. The books you read, the movies you watch, you know, the information, the people you hang around with, they're sowing seeds, sowing words into your heart. You've got to protect your heart. Make sure you spend time in the Word of God and fill your heart up with the Word of God and, and spend time with God and let His presence fill you and let Him, let him say things to you. In, in, in Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, My son, listen to my words. That's the father speaking. Relationship. Listen to my words. Take me, God speaking. God saying, listen to me. Let my words shape you. Let my words be valuable to you. Let my words shape the way you see yourself. That's the only way you're going to bring healing, I believe, into your life. Having a deep, real, real intimate relationship with God. Where he gives you a revelation of who you are. He gives you a revelation of how to have relationships. Amen? So the value of relationships, number one, is so important because you've got to renew your mind, seeing relationships through God's eyes, seeing the way God views relationships. What's the most valuable thing on the planet? What's the most valuable? What, what, what would you say it is? Is it gold? Is it treasures? Is it diamonds? It's people. To God, the most valuable on this planet, the most valuable thing, if you say being or thing that we could say, is it's actually you and I. That's the most valuable. So outside of your relationship with God, the most valuable thing in our hearts is people around us. Our loved ones, our relationships, our families. We need to have them as high priority. If we don't, we'll give our time to everything else other than relationships. Proverbs, I mean, Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says, Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Where your treasure is, what you value, that's where your heart is. If you value money and you think, man, I just got to get a lot of money, I'm going to work my guts off, and as long as I'm a millionaire, I'm going to be happy. If you've got that attitude, where your, where your value is, that's where your heart is. If you value money above people, you'll use people to get money. That's what I'm talking about. So we've got to value what God values, and so that you do put real effort into relationships. So you don't say things like, oh, well, it's not worth it, I just give up on that person, it's not, it's not worth working through it. Because that could be a sign that we don't value working through a relationship to make it healthy. All right. Your value of relationships so, so important. Lift it up to the way God sees it. Don't leave it to the end of your life and say, oh, man, I should have really, really spent time with the people I love. You've got time now to spend time with the people you love. Amen? Amen. Number two, I believe if you don't have this in our relationship, in our in our lives, we're not going to have healthy relationships. And that's to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
God created you and I this way, to love God first, to love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I mean, that sounds like a harsh commandment almost, doesn't it? Do you reckon? When you first hear that, it sounds like, unless you understand God's point of view, it can sound, why does God give us this sort of high commands? You've got to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's like me proposing to my wife and say, when I proposed to her, which I didn't, but 25 years ago, I just sort of said, look, we're going to get married. You know, I wouldn't go out with you unless we're going to get married. But, when I, but I should have proposed to her. But, but let's say, if I said to her, would you marry me? You know, but you can, you can have other guys on the side. You can have other relationships as much as you want. Um, just have me anytime you want to. But I mean, doesn't that sound disgusting? Why am I asking for her all? That's what love demands. When you're in love, you expect that person to give them their all. And you give to them their, your all. And so God loves you so dearly, He wants you to give Him your all. When we give our affection to other things and make other things our God, and our, we trust in that, and that's our affection, that's our devotion, and we give all our time, energy, our life to that thing, we're actually hurting the heart of God. Because He loves you so dearly, He says... Love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. When you do that correctly, I was talking about the whole sponge going to the source. That's what actually happens. God fills you with love. Fills you with love, and you've got the love to give to others. It actually works. If, if you don't do this correctly, if I don't do this correctly, it's like a tree that the tree is not connected. The tree has got no water supply. Imagine a tree having absolutely no water supply ever, and the tree has no sun supply at all, no sunlight. What's going to happen to the tree? No matter what you do, you can scream at the tree, cry to the tree, you can do your best to the tree, you can say, please produce fruit. Come on, what's wrong with you? Grow, produce fruit, fulfill your purpose. You're a tree, make fruit. It won't work unless it's connected to water life, the water flow of life needs water and it needs sunlight. Same with us. We can say, produce real good relationships. Be fruitful in your relationship. Be loving, be joyful, be peaceful, be kind. Be generous. Have love to give. Well, how can I unless I've got water? Unless the tree's connected to water and unless it's connected, the sunlight's giving life to it, the tree will die. It'll be half-dead, sickly tree, like dying. And you say, come on, produce life. We're like that with our God. So I just want us to really be convinced and really know that, you know what? I was created to have a love relationship with God. You actually, we all were. I don't care what people think. Oh, yeah, I'm so glad you found a crutch. You needed it, yeah. So good you found Christianity. You must have needed something. No, every single person on the planet needs a relationship with God. No matter who you are, you need a love relationship with God because God created you to have a love relationship with Him. Designed you. The way He put you together was for Himself. He's in love with you. So that to me is so, so, so important. Number three, similar to it, but it's really, really important to understand this. It's to love your neighbor as you love yourself. How are we going to have healthy relationships? You love others as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you won't know how to love others. Let me say it this way. To the degree that you love yourself will determine the degree that you love others. Loving yourself means you value yourself. You know that you are valuable before God. Because if you, if you have a very low worth of yourself, I'm, no, I'm hopeless, I'm no good, I'm no, I'm just, and you hate yourself and you put yourself down, that's how you're going to treat others. You'll automatically treat others that way because that's the view you have of yourself. Where's that perspective there underneath there? There's a, I'm going to just quickly use it. 
the dirty one. Because that's the view of people. We, 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 all, got, we all got lenses. We look through lenses. A pers- the way we view life, it's, we have lenses. And it all depends on how good your lens is. If it's this dirty, mucky, self-hating, I'm, no, I'm not really, nobody loves me, nobody respects me. I was told all my life I'm hopeless, I'm no good, I'm, you're stupid. You amount to nothing when you grow old. If you've got spoken those words... Words that are negative, painted wrong pictures, you look, you look through the lenses like this. You see the world that way. And if you see yourself that way, when it comes to relationship, you're angry all the time. You don't like people too much. I don't like myself. I don't like people. It's like, leave me alone. You know, you're, you're rough around the edges because that's the way we see ourselves. What did, God, what did Jesus say? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Too many people don't love themselves. You think, oh, boy, you're telling us to love ourselves. I don't want to love ourselves. I've said it in the way that even uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says, love your, love your wife as you love yourself. So we do love ourselves. Do you, have you ever, whenever you're hungry, do you do this to yourself? You're hungry? Good on you, mate. Uh, I'm going to make you starve. I, I want you to pun- I want to punish you. You're hungry? I'm, gonna make, I'm not going to feed you for a while. Do you ever do that? No, you're hungry, man. You feed yourself. You love yourself so much, you'll feed yourself, fleshly self. If you're tired, you say, I'm going to put myself down to bed. I'm so tired. You take care of yourself because you love yourself. In the respect that you don't punish yourself, you don't beat yourself, you, know, you don't want to put yourself through unnecessary pain. So when you're tired, you put yourself to sleep. When you're cold, you don't go, I'm going to make you freeze. You're going to freeze. Take a jacket off too. It's freezing cold. I don't care. Yeah. We don't do that to ourselves. We actually love ourselves. It's cold. I want to put a jacket on. I'll take care of myself. I'll nurture myself. You understand what I'm saying? If you care for yourself, then you'll care the Bible says you'll care for your wife in the same way you love yourself. And so we are to love one another as we love ourselves. That's the standard. Do you imagine, imagine for a moment, every single person on the planet loved God with all their hearts, minds, soul, and strength and loved their neighbor as themselves. It would be heaven on earth. Imagine the love. Imagine the kindness. Imagine the joy. No, no, no stealing. No lying. No dishonest. No, no selfishness. Just love. That's what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be magnificent. So we need to love others as we love ourselves. So you've got to, the way you love yourself, in a sense, is you go to God and say, let him show you what you are like. Let him show you how he sees you. When he shows you that you're loved, you're forgiven, he's given you right standing, look all that Jesus went through to give us all that he gave us. Dying on the cross, becoming sin on our behalf, paying the penalty. The judgment of our sin was put upon Christ so that we could be forgiven, so we could be free. This is the love that God has for me. So now I start, I start, I start seeing myself. Even though I wasn't taught this, even though I didn't grow up in a household that showed me the value of how much I'm loved, I realize that I'm loved by God and I've got love to give others. That's what I'm referring to. So don't read into be selfish so you can love others. I'm not talking about being selfish at all. I'm trying to say, see yourself the way God sees you, the way He loves you. You're valuable. You're special. When you see yourself through God's eyes, you can love others to the same degree that you know God loves you. Does that make sense? All right, number four is we need to invest time in relationships. We're going to have healthy relationships. We need to put quality time into relationships. Obviously, this is very organic. It depends on the seasons you're going through between the husband and wife, even parents with children, brothers and sisters, 
boyfriend and girlfriend, best friends. It's all seasonal. It's not like, well, how much time do I need to spend with a, a, a relationship to be healthy? Actually depends on the relationship. The maturity of the relationship, the love of the relationship, the, the, the people where they're at. There's no set pattern, but you need to have quality time. Plus, quality time means different things for different people. But if you don't give time to relationships, it will starve the relationship. It's like the quality time, I think it's similar to the air we breathe. And if you don't breathe oxygen, you'll die. And so relationships need a certain amount of time together. Okay, But you need to discuss that and, and the importance of that. And start little by little. You know, Communicate every day. Put some habits into place. As a family, we, we've grown up and we still do it today. We eat together a lot. We try our best to eat a lot together. You know, like not every single evening that we have sit down and have a meal. I grew up that, like that in my Italian family, my Italian background. But we would eat a lot together. There, there might, I don't know how many days we do, but maybe three or four? No? Eating together? It's changed these days. But we still try to. We'll get together very regularly each week. We eat together. I mean, my wife sit down and we eat together. It's the time to communicate. It's the time to t- connect with one another. Um, listen to this. This is a man by the name of Charles Francis kept a diary. One day he wrote this in his diary. Went fishing with my son today. And he writes down, day wasted. On that same day, Charles' son, his name is Brooke Adams, noted in his own diary, went fishing with my father today. And he writes down, the most wonderful day of my life. What an amazing difference. The little boy writes down the most wonderful day of my life. I spent time with my dad. And the father wrote down wasted time because obviously he's thinking about productivity, business, whatever he was thinking about. Priorities are all wrong. And the father is investing in the son. I'm telling you, if he's not investing, when the son grows up, he's not going to spend time with the father. So time, quality time is so, so important. Really important. When 15... Well, 1,500 school students in a national study were asked what they thought made a happy family. They just asked a question in the survey, what they thought made a happy family. They didn't list things like money or cars. Or Their their number one answer was doing things together. That's what children said. Makes a happy family. Doing things together. Children want their parents to show interest in their activities. Do things with them, talk with them, hang out with them. There's that reality of quality time. If you don't spend time together, you're going to starve the relationship. And that's true of any type of relationship, not just parent and child, husband and wife, best friends, relationships you, you esteem as dear, you've got to spend time together. Amen? What I've learned too about relationships, I mean, I'm not talking about that right now, but the next step is walk in love. Have an attitude of love and be unconditional love. So when I think of healthy relationships, I do not think of manipulation. Control, threats, using fear. And if you don't do this, we won't, I won't do this. Like, we, in our marriage, we've done our best. I mean, the first few years, I think we had a fair bit of laws. Laws, man, if you do this, I'll do that. And if you do this, I'll wash the dishes. And if you do that, we'll do that. we had that just to keep the sanity in our marriage. So, we, you know, you walk by that law sort of thing, rules. And it's helpful. We have to do that until you walk in love and grace. And then we started to walk in love and more grace. But we learned to not say, if you do this, then I'll do that. Sometimes you fall into it a little bit and you catch yourself. But you learn to just show love and unconditional love. 
I'm going to just do this to love you and serve you, not because I want something in return. So it's easy to say, I'll do this as long as you do that. It's really easy to fall into that trap. But you fall into, I think, manipulation. And you start manipulating, controlling, and threats and fears. That is not what love is. Unconditional love. You need unconditional love in a relationship. And again, you can't ask for the impossible. But we can ask for the possible. The unconditional love comes from a relationship with God. That's what I'm referring to. And that's where um, all over the Bible it speaks. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only on his own interests, but also on the interest of others. Imagine that. That we should be looking at the interest of others all the time. Not just your own interest. And esteem others better than yourself. I love that this is a true picture of humility. Because we think humility is, I'll put myself down. I'm so hopeless. I'm no good. Oh, no, I'm not that good. I'm really, I'll put myself down. This guy's saying, yeah, but I'm not that good too. I'm really bad too. And I'll put myself down. I put, we're just getting down, 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 down. We're putting out, that's not true humility. That's called false humility. Real humility is, man, you're amazing. And I look at the gifts that are inside of you. I lift you up, encourage you. I'm putting you up. I'm esteeming you better than me. No, no, no. But you think, you, you, you got these gifts and talents. You, you're better than me in that area. And like we esteem and encourage one another. I'm lifting you up. No, no, but you. And I'm lifting you up. And what happens? We all get honor. I'm honoring you. You're honoring me. We honor each other. That's the kingdom. The kingdom of God is honoring one another, encouraging one another, not putting myself down to make you look better especially when you falsely do that. Okay. So we know that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about love. Love is patience. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not proud. It doesn't boast about itself. Put yourself in those. Then I'd say love is. Okay, if God is love, we know God is that. I've done this many, many times. God is not self-seeking against me, towards me. God is not proud towards me. God's not envious towards me. In the sense that God's not envious. He actually wants me to succeed. He doesn't Leo's going really well. You know? Love doesn't do that. God doesn't do it towards us. When, we, when we're walking in love, we don't do it towards one another. So it's good to put yourself in that scripture and go, I'm love. I am not self-seeking. I'm not puffed up over somebody else. I'm not proud. Like, put yourself in it. Let it be personal. Let it change your thinking. Help me. When I, when I come against... Uh, Something in my life that's trying to do the opposite. Remind me that I shouldn't be self-seeking. It's, it's how you become the Word. You get the Word, meditate the Word, put yourself in it and go, okay, God, help me to love like this. You're digesting it and you're making it your own. Because relationships need unconditional love. You sow love into the relationships, you're going to have healthy relationships. Because you're sowing trust. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 12 says, When people curse you, bless them back. Doesn't that sound unfair? Someone curses you, the Bible says, don't curse them back, bless them back. It almost sounds like unfair. God, why are you telling us to do this? Why are you telling me? Someone curses me, don't I have a right? Shouldn't I have a right to just curse them back because they started it? I mean, that's worldly wisdom. That's wrong. But it feels like unfair. You're telling us to bless them when they're cursing me. So they've got no right to speak against me. Let's say they're speaking negatively against me. I should take that opportunity to speak positively about them. 
It doesn't sound fair, but the Bible, when you read it in its context, it says, whatever you do, when someone curses you, do not curse back, but bless them so that you may inherit the blessing. Now, if someone curses you and I lower myself down and I curse them back, what am I sowing? I'm sowing a curse. If I sow a curse, what am I going to reap? A curse. So who's God looking after? Me. He's trying to teach us how to live life. Someone curses me, they have no right to curse me. What right do they have? Why are they speaking negative about me? Why are they criticizing me? That's not even true. And I'm so angry when I just throw the... I might have some ammunition that's even real. I can throw that right back at them. Or I can just go, no, I'm going to bless them. Because if I lower myself and curse back, I'm sowing a curse. What am I going to reap? Curse. God's trying to teach us how to live life. When David was a great warrior, Saul was the king and David was anointed to be king, but he's not the king. Saul got so jealous of David because he was a great warrior. They were singing songs like, Saul has killed his thousands. They were singing songs about this. And, but David, he, was, he killed tens of thousands. They made songs and melodies about it. And Saul was getting angry and envious. He grabs a javelin and throws it at King David. And David whoo, just, just moves. And what a perfect opportunity. You threw it first. How dare you? I'm grabbing this javelin. And he's a warrior, remember? But he didn't. He never did. He never put his hand against Saul, even though Saul hunted him like an animal in the wilderness. He wouldn't do it. And God honored David because of that. That to me is love. That to me is walking in love. So when people hurt you, you can get tempted to want to speak back. See, when people hurt you and speak bad against you, backstabbed you, betrayed you, talk bad to other friends and it gets back to you, God has a way it just comes back to you and lets you know. You don't, have to, you don't even have to look for it and it comes back. But you don't have to worry about it. God's the one fights your reputation. God will, we're talking about having healthy relationships. When you're healthy, you don't have to fight those battles. You'll make a decision. If you fight that battle seriously, you lower yourself to fighting on a soulish realm and you're fighting a war you're not going to win because you're sowing the curse. Because you're fighting where you shouldn't be fighting. Does it make sense? So number six is build trust. If you want to have healthy, healthy relationships, you have to learn to build trust. Know how strong your trust is. Someone said in a relationship, it really, I do believe it works like this. There's a bridge. Each person that I'm relating with has a bridge. And this bridge, say me and my son Leon, I've got a bridge with Leon that can handle a certain amount of truth that I can carry. If this bridge can handle five tons of truth, and I try to carry seven tons of truth, the, the bridge is not going to hold it. So we're all different. Every single person. I've got Sarah, Nathan, all the, all the people that we have as friends and relationships, all different levels of trust. So I can sometimes go, like when I, if it's a new relationship, and I've got this tons of truth, and let's say the relationship can only handle one ton of truth, I want to bring two tons. It's unwise to go, I'm bringing this over. By the way, here you go. And there's no trust. It falls because they don't trust me yet. So I've got to be sensitive to know, do they know I love them? Do they know I've got their back? Do they know I, I, I really care for them? And if I say this truth to help them, is it going to hurt them or help them? I've got to know that. I've got to know how much that, that, tr- that bridge is going to handle. Sometimes we're trying to bring truth across and the bridge is so thin, it's like walking on ice and it falls. And you, th- you wonder why you're broken trust. Because you haven't won their, their trust over. So to me, building trust in relationships is really, really important. Learn to build it. Learn to know what it's like to build. And obviously, the obvious things is um, not speaking bad about people. 
we were talking about betraying, talking negative, criticizing, judging. You know, sometimes you tell your side of the story. It could even be true. If it's not praiseworthy, if it doesn't build up, if it's not, you know, you can say, but it's true, Leo. Does it build up? Is it praiseworthy? Is it encouraging? Is it going to lift up that person? Then don't say it. If it's going to put that person down. So be wise in how you speak because you want to build trust with each other. Care for one another. Love one another. If you need to talk to someone, talk to that person. Don't talk to someone else about that person. It's not going to be helpful at all. So it's just, it's just learning how to do things. Even Jesus said when you have an ought against a brother, remember what he said? If you have a misunderstanding with someone, I'm not to talk to anyone about that misunderstanding. The Bible says if you have an ought against someone, that, you should go against to that person and talk to him. And if you restore that relationship, you want your brother. But if for some reason you don't, then you can go to a witness and say, hey, I've tried to work this with this, my friend. Can you come with me to see if we can restore this? So it's, it's done the proper way. But what we do is tell others, oh, you know, this guy hurt me. And he put me down. I can't believe he did this. And then we, we're speaking to others, getting him alongside. And then we restore it with this guy. And then now this guy's got an offense. Because we threw our junk on them. Just, it's almost like relationship 101. We need to go back to the basics and go, how do we honor one another? How do we have healthy relationships? We need to learn to build trust. Amen? How do you do that? By having integrity. Be a man or a woman of your word. You mean what you say and you say what you mean. Be honest, walking in unconditional love. You want to learn to be trusted? You've got to trust others. You've got to be a trustworthy person, don't you? Be honest, keep your word. If you're always lying, my next point was um, be honest. That was number seven. But if you're lying to cover yourself, every time you lie, you break trust. Think about it. And then you have to lie to cover that lie, just in case you get caught about the lie you told that lie. And then you're always looking over your shoulder, and what lie did I say? Just learn to be honest because you'll build trust that way with people. You're covering up all the time and being dishonest. When, when someone lies and it's outright lie, and you know it's a lie, everybody around this knows it's a lie, everybody knows he's lying, it's very hard to trust that person next time. Because you know he's lied in that area, he might lie in other areas. It doesn't help your relationships at all. These things are very, very important. Amen? I'm praying that every single person will have healthy relationships. But can you see, it takes hard work, doesn't it? It takes your effort. It takes my effort. My, our, our, it really is about our relationship with God, going to God, saying, God, I need your love. I need your goodness. I need you to show me how you see me so I can relate to the world. Not with this dirty, clean, dirty, filthy lens where I see the world actually even smelly because it's all Vegemite. But I smart it with, just smart it with Vegemite toothpaste and all this ugly stuff. And so... We see the world that way. And we want to see the world with clear vision. Where we can just see, I see you as you are. Not, with, not through my pain, not, my, not through my past experiences, or the hurt that all that built up. God wants us to be healed. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website ggclife.com or email us ggclife at ggclife.com From our house to yours, be blessed.